Hello, Pokeminders! And welcome to our weekly Pokepod, where we discuss everything related to mental well being as well as our journey as a startup. I'm your host, Yusuf. And I'm your host, Sarah. And today, we're gonna poke some minds. So, hello, Pokeminders, and welcome to our Christmas special episode. With us live <laughs> and unscripted. It would be great to talk a little bit more from our perspective on um, where, I mean, for you, start a little bit and and talk more about like how how did you came up uh, with the idea and also made it feasible that like from the idea getting from an idea to reality yeah that was a long process i think it was longer than than we wanted it to be i think uh, because the first i mean it started it started a bit more like uh, oh we wanted to do something on our own we wanted to create uh, uh, something that would help people and help us because we we've been struggling a lot with how to get mental help here in Sweden um, and I, I can't remember the first idea of something completely different right it was well we were sitting in a cafe like scribbling down random things on a on a sheet of paper and you had like written down the structure but I remember that it's like completely different from what we're doing now it was more like um emotion detection and pretty much that's it that, that's it then. <laughs> that's There's it. no point <laughs> yeah um and then i think the next step we did was uh we wanted to test out the idea of video journaling so we started recording ourselves just recording ourselves uh talking and it that didn't work for us either because there was no output, you know, you just recorded yourself and you're looking at yourself in the video and that wasn't it. Um, it can also be quite awkward. To yeah. Just talking to yourself. And then, like talk to yourself for a few minutes and then you never kind of uh, look back to the footage. <laughs> so so you, would just, you would record it. Sorry when I brought just break in. You would just record it and never listen to it again, like just to basically speak out a thought or yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, but then not listen to it. Yeah. So like it kind of lost the point because we wanted to reflect on our feelings and although that like speaking up about it or out about it helped a little bit, it was still like in the void kind of because there was nothing mirroring back anything and um I'm I, I struggled a lot with formulating my thoughts, so it ended up just me talking and not making sense. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it can it can be quite easy to lose yourself in your own speech, and then after you're talking for a while, you would lose the point. You're like, "What am I talking about again?" It's not just using it as an emotional dustbin. It's more like. I, I had a point, but I completely lost it. And that's not helpful. Um, so yeah, then later on the idea of actually structuring everything with AI, uh, we started using like Google's default AI transcription. It was nice to see what we had in text. So we played around with it a bit more to get more like structured summaries and all of that. Um, 
until yeah we decided to to have our own kind of pipeline that would do that for us also added like guiding questions to help out with the structuring of the thoughts while speaking which yeah. i think was a really nice feature to add yeah that's generally how it's kind of evolved just people also other people now started using it the idea and they were like oh it's just three minutes i, I don't know what to say it's, it's three minutes quite long <laughs> and then you have other people that are like three minutes was nothing i ran out of time so it yeah. depends on who you are as a person as well like whether you like talking or not and how easy it comes for you but i think it was more of a gradual thing like it didn't just start with this is what polka is going to be but more like we kept building on the idea and testing out different things and pivoting as well because yeah. i must also say when i saw the uh, linkedin ad back in i think it was august and saw that uh, you created an ai that uh, helps to uh, analyze and understand your emotions uh, and wanting to using it within uh, psychological at least like yeah psychological uh, not treatment maybe uh, but uh, within that realm i uh, my first thought was just like yep that's exactly what we need because i am completely <laughs> overworked and i don't know what to do it's like uh, <laughs> Uh, so it was almost like no no brainer for me. I also had just uh, recently discovered ChatGDP for myself, also realizing how much easier uh, a few things in life can be if you have an AI that just helps you a little bit with you know, just formulating yourself, for example, like random things that take forever if you have to do it all by yourself without any help. And... Uh, Seeing with what ChatGDP can do, I really thought, okay, yeah, but if you have an AI that takes it into a different direction and further, uh, that you can really, really gain something that will help people that are seeking help, but also for the healthcare personnel that just feels like, I don't know <laughs> what to do anymore. Because I even had friends of mine that were joking and saying, oh, so you're trying to replace yourself. Like, nah, that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> so <laughs> no worries. I have no worries. Uh, rather than I really uh, would like to get something good for, for both uh, ends on that spectrum for the practitioners and for the people that are uh, that are suffering. I mean, when it comes from a person that is involved in the process that you can easily say that, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be replaced, you know, it's from a place of knowledge, you know, it's not like a speculation that maybe I'll be replaced. It's more like, yeah, I know what the latest things do, and I don't think people will kind of go for a completely AI session that is, that is a bit hard to believe. Uh, but yeah, maybe for the listeners, we can even talk a little bit more about uh, Polka and kind of explain what it is. Because, I mean, even within ourselves so far uh, at Pokemind, we're, we're eight people, right? Mm -hmm. Eight people. And I think we still, to this day, align what Polka does or what it is. Right. It, it's a constantly changing thing because we get feedback and we're like, oh, this, this is a cool feature. Let's, let's do that. And this, some <laughs> other feedback from this massive company, oh, you can add this. And we're like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do that. So it kind of evolves very quickly. Um, so yeah, maybe 
aligning all of that would be would be very useful for for us as a team even so yeah man, the, the question would be what do you think polka is katya uh polka is a ai uh, tool or an ai assistant that uh unlike the journaling process and i even i also tried that myself like a few years ago where yeah even if you write down everything you use your train of thought and yeah you let it out into a void but exactly nothing comes back so uh, poker is that assistant that no matter if you are an individual or if you uh, also have use it uh, within a company for your employees it is that assistant that will give you the emotional outlets to, for example, just like I love using poker to rant and then get some uh, get some validation and also some feedback. Uh, I also love it when um, when I get questions in the sense of, okay, what, for example, what cognitive distortions might you be falling into? Because just because I work with that with my patients doesn't mean that I'm above them. Like, no, I fall into those just as everyone else does. Uh, so in that sense, it's nice that I... Uh, I do get to rant for three minutes if I feel like it. Uh, I get, and I get feedback. I get feedback on the emotions that I'm showing and I get feedback on um, how I, how it can be easier for me to reflect upon like the situation on my own reaction. Uh, is that reaction, is it proportionate to the situation? Uh, is it an adequate reaction to the situation? And what can I what can I do with it? So I that is what it is for the individual, and that what it can also be within a company context that you can give, a, um, you can give a tool to your employees to uh, give them an emotional outlet for frustration, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly that, and it's more also. I don't know. I never thought about it as an assistant in that sense. I, as, as a creator, it's hard for me to think about this system as an assistant. Of course you can, you can kind of say it is an assistant as most AI systems are, uh, but I will always describe it as a video journaling tool, uh, rather than an assistant, but an assistant sounds nicer. <laughs> I, I'll give you that. Um, and a lot of people, I think, would treat it as an assistant, especially with the uh, Jofi uh, being the face of the of that system. You know, uh, so it's interesting to kind of talk about it from different perspectives because my perspective of it is completely different. Um, so yeah, what do you think? I think of it more as a like a diary where it helps me organize my thoughts and also it gives me advice on different situations sometimes like when you're at about something and you don't know what to do sometimes it gives you like different paths that you can kind of explore and see what to do afterwards and how to deal with those um, emotions so I see it more from that perspective rather than also an assistant or a video journaling tool. Mm -hmm. It's more like, this is where all my stuff is. Like, if I want to go back and see what I did on that day, I can, I can go back and see it in the history. Yeah, true. And like, I can see also like how I'm doing over time, which is something that I think is very useful. 
because sometimes you can have like a longer period of bad just negative things happening and you don't realize that you're going into this negative loop and you can't get out of it so i think it's it gives you like an overview or like a general view of how you're doing and i think that's something useful so we have a, a video journaling tool we have an assistant and we have a diary all right that that requires some aligning right there <laughs> because it's also then uh, fun to see in the the like interesting point of how we use it at the moment because also then from what i understand for you too you also use it to record like because within a diary video journaling you do this on a regular basis um and with whatever you want to basically and for me i uh, mostly like using it when i'm angry Uh, and then, and then, but there's also the negative point about me where I feel like, yeah, I should be using it more regularly also when I'm happy because I, I try doing that as well, but it is a lot easier to think about like, okay, I want to record a session right now when I'm angry. Yeah. I don't think about it that much uh, when I'm in a good mood, but that also shows in my calendar with the mood, like a lot of, there's a lot of red in there instead of like <laughs> greens. Like I only have very few greens in there. It's a lot of red because I love using it when I'm angry for some for some reason and then also want I want to rant I want to just put it I would want to put it somewhere and I would and I want to get some nice feedback on what okay what should I do about it uh, so it's a very also very different kind of usage but especially when it comes to the point of okay see uh, to be able to see your progress then obviously it doesn't help if you only uh, record a session when you're angry it also helps you you get a lot more out of it if you use it on a regular basis and really follow your process. But there, there's a lot of value to use it also when you're just angry. I mean, I mean, this kind of reflects how uh, variable or fluid uh, poker is because we use it differently. It's not that it has different definitions. It's it is the same, but it's just the usage is quite different. And I, I see myself always using it even when I'm happy or excited about something, you know, just to, as Sarah said, just to throw it there and know that it, it will be there. I remember that day and it's saved on the cloud somewhere that I'll just access it whenever I want. What I also really like and what spoke to me back in the LinkedIn ad is actually really the emotional part because I and. Uh, patients that I have in therapy, I mean, I work a lot with also just identifying and labeling emotions, being able to identify what am I feeling and where is it coming from? And at the same time, it's also a reason why I know I'm not going to be replaced uh, anytime soon that easily because uh, it's still, you can still mis misinterpret, misread uh, emotion. And I mean, even for practitioners, that can be extremely hard to help a patient to get there. But I even notice it myself when I record more regularly and also not only about the angry things, but also about the uh, like neutral, like this has just been a calm, easy breeze day and I'm feeling good. Uh, I do get better to describe emotions and this, like I get better at just describing my day and describing something that I would like to talk about in those sessions and then get a, uh, get a feedback on what uh, like the emotional timeline says and how to put it into context with with the content uh, that has been given yeah 
I mean, we've been so far talking about how as individuals we use it and we are trying so far to get to that point where it's something that would be important for day-to-day -day users. And our approach now is to, it's to, 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 to give it more to businesses, to reach out to more businesses, to tell them that we're here and this is, this is an approach for you. This is an approach that would help people because we are people and we've tested it with people and this is how it works. Um, so from a business perspective, I think if we as users think that is something that is important, an employer would think that is also important. Maybe from a business perspective, they, they think about it more on how to make people at the company more productive, how to make people more communicative, how to make them work better with other people. And all of those things, I think they come from the thing that you were just talking about. They, you, you get better at explaining yourself. You get better at understanding how you feel. And that's, that's quite a big plus for a company to make their employees able to communicate better with each other to eliminate all these under, misunderstandings. And I think that's quite important. I think it also provides them with like an outlet where they can put out all the stress related to work that they have because who are they supposed to talk to about their problems except for their families but then their families might get tired of the same problems of listening to the same thing so I think it's also important to get feedback and have somewhere where they can just vent and yeah. get the support that I mean, they need and this can also yeah sorry no I'm just no, go, go ahead <laughs> Uh, no, because especially especially on the point of uh, work and communication, uh, commu uh, how to communicate, like maybe issues that you're having, communicating boundaries. I mean, I hear that so often when uh, also within primary healthcare, when you get burned out patients, and so many topics evolve around people feeling overwhelmed and not being able to communicate that they are, um, not really knowing how to communicate and having a feeling of okay i'm also not allowed to and then it turns into this either the silent quitting has been a big thing for the past couple of years that oh i don't know why all my employees leave for some reason <laughs> and like, extremely mean sad mouth but i mean the, that part is happening and i mean i hear it a lot in in the therapy room this shouldn't be happening this should be happening uh, nobody, nobody is seeing the struggles uh, that I'm dealing with here. I'm always the one who's taking over all the tasks. Uh, people should come, but also there's a, there's a lot of expectation of everyone else should see what I'm doing and take work off, off of me. And it takes time and there the journaling can help a lot to also then help you formulate your thoughts and also help mirroring them back to you. Okay, but how uh, how could you maybe also make yourself heard? How can you, uh, what are different ways of thinking in this situation? What, what are your options? So it's the positive output on, uh, for one, you get, you get to rant, uh, like I'm stressed and annoyed uh, because of my colleague, my boss, whoever, I get to vent uh, that I don't get to do otherwise. 
but I also get feedback on, okay, um, this is a stressful situation for you, but what can you do here? Because there always is a range of options, but it can be really, really hard to see that there, that there are options available. Yeah, true. But also, and in that's then to avoid, yeah, sorry, but in that sense also then to avoid burnout in the long run, to be able to yeah, communicate better uh, and to understand your own behavioral and your own pattern better. I also think that it provides these companies with data on what is happening in their company and whether their employees are doing well or not, and to be able to make uh, like active decisions to make the work environment better and help them improve the workload, for example, and make sure that the employees are not being overworked and that they get the support that they need in that sense. Because it's, I think it's very hard as a company to have that overview without getting that kind of data. It's, it's very hard to talk individually to each person and make out like whether all of them are experiencing the same situation or not. Because also that's the next part, none of the people in, in managing positions are necessarily uh, like either pedagogues or psychologists or therapists or whatever to then also realize, oh, this person is saying, no, I'm doing fine and everything is great. But then to ask certain open-ended questions to get to the real answer behind it, but then the person on the other end of the spectrum feeling unheard and not seen because you don't dare and that's a very common fear you don't dare to speak up you don't dare to say oh i actually have been feeling overwhelmed or i've been i i have the feeling that i'm a little bit lost here uh, i need some help you don't dare to speak up but at the same time you also are hurt or disappointed when nobody sees that you are overwhelmed yeah. or lost so it's a really hard thing to 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 manage and i think their poker can uh, help a lot that it helps both, it helps the manager, but also the employee to be to, yeah, to improve that communication because it's a miss on both ends, uh, the one person, and, but you cannot train everyone to see every single detail in someone's behavior. Uh, but also on the other hand, on the other side around to be able to, to dare to communicate when you are lost or overwhelmed uh, and how you can do that. Of course, there's always different ways on, on how to communicate something. Uh, that's a different story again, but still to just to bridge that gap as well. I mean, this is a good connecting point towards privacy, I think, um, because yeah, it's good that there's something that automatically tells uh, your managers that you're, you're going through something rough or aggregated the, the idea of, oh, my whole team now is not feeling good. And I can kind of relate it through this very stressful project that we've been working on. Um, so do you actually want your manager to know that? That's the question. Uh, do you want, do you think it's aggregated enough if you have, let's say a 20 people team to have this data and tell your manager, okay, now 50% of the employees or, oh, now your, your scale is going towards a red mood. Uh, this is, this is a sign that something is stressful that is happening. Do you want your manager to know that? Or is it something that you would rather keep to yourself? 
And I mean, it's always the tipping point. It's also the tipping point. When do you seek uh, therapy? It always needs to be bad enough for you to want to change something. But bad enough shouldn't be burnout and sick leave. That's the thing. To be, But you also to be able to recognize that now is actually the time to say something. Uh, of course, it's not feasible uh, to speak up constantly and all the time because also throughout challenges and overcoming challenges comes also a sense of pride for example uh, so stress and challenges is not on its own a bad thing it can be it can be very fulfilling but the tipping point is always when is it becoming too much and there also again where poker can help to recognize when it becomes too much before it turns into burnout because that's or that's when you already crossed cross that line cross that threshold and that's pretty sad because it's a lot harder to come back from burnout than than hitting the brakes before and i also think like if it's aggregated enough like the employer cannot pinpoint who's the person saying that this is stressful or overwhelming then i think i would be more willing to speak up than if like they would be able to identify me and i think it's also easier than speaking up um because then it's also shared by many so it's not just one person complaining about the company yeah but still it does feel a bit intrusive if even if you're communicating to the people oh i'm i'm this data is not going to be shared with anyone and tell them that okay this is the aggregated this is how your manager is gonna see it if you're okay with that please record a session every other day but then there are a lot of mistrust in that area that companies like us are a bit like we got caught in the loop for that that most companies are doing ridiculously malicious things nowadays to collect data and to understand more about user behavior and then selling the data to China or, you know, these kind of things. And to be fair, I don't blame people thinking that it's not just their manager going to see this data. It's the whole world going to see the data. They're going to, uh, a random dude from China on their computer now is going to know that I have a problem with my boss, you know, and it's our responsibility to to gain that trust. Uh, I don't know how, and that's the issue because if you don't even have the slight the slight initiation of maybe they're good people, maybe it's not something that they're gonna want to just gain money out of and sell my data to the highest bidder. I, I don't know how else to to approach this kind of people that are skeptical for a good reason because if you know, now we've seen so many scandals we've seen so many data leaks we've we've we're in that age where things are so data driven that you cannot trust everyone and this is where we come in to to try and tell people okay we're we're not here to get you we're we're here to help you and this is how we're helping you and trying to be as transparent as possible but still i i don't have a specific approach to to kind of convey that so easily it's it's just impossible so it's a very interesting point and i uh 
now I actually have a better also answer why I actually call poker an assistant rather than a video journaling app because I see it and also that's the reason why I wrote to you guys I see it more as an extension of myself as a psychologist and I am uh, liable I'm not allowed to talk about anything that is said in a room uh, unless you're threatening to kill somebody or to kill yourself I am bound to uh, secrecy I'm not allowed to talk I'm not allowed to share your data, your info, or anything that was said, unless I have your permission, for example, I need to write a report to another clinic, for example, then obviously I need to, but I need your, I need your permission to do that. And there needs to be a good purpose. And the purpose is not, I want to make money off of you. The purpose is I need to give you, I need to get your help from somewhere else, for example, and to write a referral. So in that sense, since poker for me being the assistant being the extension of myself and in that manner also it's not for the manager to gain insight on you or for any company to get more marketing insight it is for you individually uh, to help navigating a really complicated world and for the company it is the benefits that you have a uh, hopefully uh, a healthier employee that feels feels more content in their life it's not about gaining data out of that video those sessions are for you for you alone just like when you go to a psychologist those sessions are for you for you alone yeah but then in a, in in something like the the poker session it's it is about data right so the the, the discussion with poker is data we are collecting data it's just what are you going to do with the data everything nowadays collects data right Everything in the world, your TV collects data, your phone collects data. Right now, there are probably a hundred data streams that are running. And someone in the world knows that I'm sitting in front of a computer recording and talking about this specific topic. It's creepy. It, it is creepy, but it is what you do with the data. And most people are fine until they start digging into where the data is going. And this is where opt-in happens. This is where uh, the idea of, okay, did I actually tell you to share my data? So I have to opt-in for you to share my data. I have to see that very clearly. In research, it's very obvious. It's an informed consent. Other other companies, and and I I would say all companies, they... They had an they have an informed consent. They have a consent that you didn't even read, and they don't expect you to read. Um, so this is where these approaches happen. But again, to the skeptical mind, if you ask someone that I want to collect these data from you, they're going to be so skeptical that they don't want to use the thing anymore, even though you're trying to be good to them and telling them that these are the things being recorded but please trust that i'm not going to do anything bad with it if you do that the person kind of gains more skepticism than not right by telling them that we will not share your data i feel like it is that way because for example in using using poker we have a regional pricing for the therapist right Mm -hmm. the moment that a person sees that they have a region allowed, so they have to allow us to know where where they are in latitude lines, right? Where it's something that's so essential for us to know. We have to know 
which part of the world you're in to decide on the pricing. And given that, this is the only thing we need it for. It's an instant thing that we don't even record. We don't do anything with it other than give you the appropriate price for you where, where you are. And I know that I would be skeptical when I get asked about my location, right? Oh, wait, why do you want to know it? But already everything already knows my location. My computer knows my location. My IP address has my location. It's so easy to know someone's location, but asking for someone's location and telling them that I need this to do this specific thing makes them more skeptical than not. And this is where transparency becomes a... a, a Backfiring. Loop. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so it's so funny. So if if everyone knows anyway where you are due to your, I mean, yeah, IP address, you can use a VPN, yada yada. But still, I mean, yes, it it you will be able to track a person the minute you start using any electronic device that is connected uh, to the internet. But yeah, asking for permission, I actually didn't think about it that way. But maybe I don't have that much mistrust inside of me. That, that might be a valid because it absolutely uh, is a valid point that um, people can be or will be scared of sharing that information and that it is too too sensitive data there I, I guess i don't really have an answer on how to solve that problem just don't tell me <laughs> don't, <laughs> ignorance is bliss exactly uh, i mean most things they do not tell you most things they just ignore the fact that oh i'm i'm collecting the, your location i'm collecting your the specific restaurants that you go to i'm collecting the photos that you have all of these things are collected by by bigger companies like google or apple anyway and they, they it's just integrated as soon as you buy a phone you say accept and to start using the phone and then these things are are sent automatically but then I do think smaller companies uh, like Pokemind to actually regain that trust, we need to be to be out there. Like right now, we're recording ourselves, you know, CEO, CMO, COO, we're sitting there, all the C's. It's just all the C's, O's. All the C's, all the C's <laughs> are here. And we're talking about this topic. And I think this is the the only way to gain trust, to tell people, okay, we're we're human. We're, we're like you and we're, we're, we're not malicious. We're not trying to do anything bad. We're not out to get you. We're not here for just money. When you, when you start, especially, I think that applies also for companies that are bigger these days, when you start anything within healthcare, uh, also, especially mental healthcare, I mean, for you guys, and also for me, when you see like, okay, people, you try your best, but you just, there's no, there's no end on the road. There's no, okay. The waiting list is, I, I, I worked off my waiting list. Like, no, there is no such thing as working off your waiting list. There is a constant list that is getting, for psychologists uh, at least, there's a waiting list that gets longer and longer and longer. You can't work quick enough because obviously there's also no clear like finish line for mental illness. I mean, Sweden definitely tries hard to give it a clear deadline. You have 10 sessions and then you need to be finished. If you're not, then I guess you did something wrong. <laughs> uh, a little bit that outlet or uh, in a nicer way put, you're supposed to get tools 
and you're supposed to continue using those tools to continue to get better. That is like the, the actual meaning behind it. But still, for a lot of people, 10 sessions can just feel too short and to really make different strategies a habit can take a longer time. And you don't really, you don't really get a chance to give that to people. Uh, now with working mostly, basically only private, where people choose themselves how many sessions they want, that's a completely different setup, but it's a little bit sad that it that only works in, in the private context. And there is, for example, hopes for me with poker that you have maybe less people that actually are fine with those 10 sessions like that, that because those people absolutely exist that don't need more than 10 sessions where that, that are like the, the classic how, for example, for at least Sweden, how like primary healthcare patients should look like you need 10 sessions and then you actually go out without needing anything else. Those absolutely exist. And I do hope more like that poker could take uh, basically dosed entirely away from, psychi from, from psychology, from primary healthcare, so that you have a chance to offer more sessions to somebody that also needs more. Uh, that is more my, my hope in the future to make mental health care a better place for for both sides, for the person that is seeking and for the person that is working within it uh, to give more when you, when a person needs more and also to give people that maybe don't need the same amount that you have a different tool where AI can, it works very great. No, but also that it doesn't, doesn't only validate you because I think that's the, um, or at least it can be the downside when you're talking to friends and family that you're uh, you rant to someone and the only response is like yeah you're absolutely right yeah and you just you get your own confirmation and you end up in your own confirmation bias and you don't really yeah okay but how what do i do with the situation now okay i might get the relief of okay i got my uh, all my annoyance I, I i put it out there and i i got to vent but what do i do now uh where poker doesn't only validate you and takes takes that in, but also gives you uh, different strategies and different hints on, okay, but have you thought about this? Have you uh, like restructuring your thoughts to also maybe see a solution instead of only ranting? I mean, I, I don't completely understand the part where you talk about it being a full on solution, because again, I, I I do see it as something that is so to the side that is just a fallback uh, and it's always going to be called a fallback in case of something in case of your therapist uh, wasn't enough and you wanted something more as an outlet rather than something uh, that is uh, requires a lot of effort like a complementary solution rather than an alternative to mental primary mental health care yeah exactly like it's always nice to have something that you could use once in a while when you when you need it for example or um but that's also yeah. There, there yeah i guess the the key difference and that's knowledge that's maybe a little bit hard to communicate but the people that also i i talk about when i mean where those 10 sessions are uh, good enough because in primary healthcare in sweden you get 10 sessions half an hour long and then that's it, that's it um the people who usually feel good enough with those sessions are people that don't meet the criteria for any diagnosis, kind of. Those are 
Um, and I think exactly that bracket is perfect for poker mindset instead of stick against psychologists because just they don't meet the criteria for a, for for diagnosis doesn't mean that they're that they're not entitled to some help like somebody coming with relationship issues that haven't gotten no there's nothing serious going on so far but the, that person is struggling with those and has a hard time communicating or yes before burnout there are struggles here and there but you don't necessarily go immediately to a psychologist like when you're not even when you're not in a burnout yet you don't you seldomly start seeking a psychologist before so i mean all of those parts to act on before because the people then that meet the criteria for diagnosis i would and that's the part i would not say that poker can replace real therapy but it can help take off the load for the people that are seeking treatment but where the complications are not, or the, like the things that are seeking help for are relatively i don't want to say easy but less complex than somebody that meets the criteria for depression anxiety any kind of personality disorder you you name it um, it will be easier or you might then also need less sessions with a psychologist when using poker like it will not replace therapy, but it can it can either be a nice add-on tool or a ver like something a first tool for people where that when the problems they are there they want help they need help but they're not as complex yet, and that's the beauty that's the part of like yeah <laughs> before something really turns into an issue to work with it uh, preventative care basically that's what I mean when it quote unquote replaces a psychologist it's for less complex complex things yeah i i understand now i think uh, for less complex things these are the people that are on the sidelines compared to uh more very well defined conditions uh, because i mean the feedback that we got so far from people is like oh i had this condition that is not in the dsm5 but now I, I don't know where to fit in and all of those things that are pre-extensive therapy. I think these are the people that are kind of neglected in, in, in any uh, system. So if they, if they don't fall off the cracks, uh, uh, POCA would be that kind of solution for them. Uh, it would be the thing that they use but yeah i understand completely now when you say it's a more of a complementary thing yeah and i think it helps with also raising awareness with how to deal with different emotions and different situations in life because well i read a report where it, like someone just quoted said like oh i wish school also equipped us with how to uh deal with life and not just prepare us for work because that's yeah. not something that they teach them at, at school, for example, how to deal with the stressful situation and how to um, like express yourself and communicate things that you feel um, to, to other people. And I think POCA like bridges that gap with like educating them uh, on how to do that and preparing people for life, I guess, like life situations rather than work as well. Because in the end, also healthcare, especially in Sweden, healthcare is not preventative care. 
you seek help when you already are sick. You don't get help unless you are sick. That applies uh, not just within mental health care, but it applies to many different uh, specialities uh, as well. You don't you don't come to get a checkup to see that everything is fine. Uh, I was. It, it's different in other countries. In Germany, you have a lot more uh, preventative care. Um, than here at least I know I still know people that would say it's not enough preventative care but it definitely is a lot more than what you get here um, so you only come and that's the part you only come when you already have an issue but that's kind of already too late and I mean you can still end up there anyway but there to have polka as preventative care that doesn't mean that it will prevent any kind of mental illness in the future, but to just help, even if it only helps 10% to prevent any kind of mental illness, that is already, or even 5% would be huge. Yeah, I mean, the statistics are kind of scary to see how many people actually <laughs> have anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it's scary and at the same time makes you feel better because you think, oh, I'm, I'm not alone kind yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree if it's 5% of the people that even have or going to have or going through anxiety or depression, that this approach helps them slightly, then that, yeah. that would be a big win. I mean, considering that they're in the millions struggling with yeah. uh, anxiety. So, so if you want to say 5% to just prevent to begin with, and then of course, I mean, I absolutely see Volga also as a complement to ongoing therapy to have something. So I do see it as both. I see it as a complement to therapy and I see it as preventive care because it's just, and I also don't think that's the mental health care system or the healthcare system in general will change anytime soon because to do preventative care we would also need a lot more personnel and staff and more money and that's not gonna that's not gonna happen now um so we need to find different options and ai is something that is a great tool for it because that is an extreme vast resource that is kind of endless yeah i feel when we started like at the very beginning uh, we got a lot of feedback from scared therapists. I think they're mainly, they saw chat GPT and they're like, am I going to be out of a job? Are you guys there to help me get into that AI market? <laughs> you know, and it's, it's more like how the capabilities of AI can actually help people like that to be uh, help or be complementary to the therapy sessions rather than how it's going to replace therapists. And these, like, I yeah. remember the, we got so many people like so scared about their jobs, right? Because I, of how good it is. I mean, it's, it's still to this day, like psychologists or like the first thing that people ask us, oh, you're trying to replace a psychologist. And we're like, not really, we'll never replace a psychologist. There are so many people that are struggling. There's a there's a shortage of psychologists actually uh, compared to the demand. So this is more of a compliment there. It's so interesting to me because when I saw when I saw your ad on LinkedIn, I thought like, oh yes, we need this so badly. Uh, <laughs> so 
maybe a little bit mean is like what do you think like it can come from different places but what do you think about your own competence if you are that scared that ai will take over that quickly it will give uh, more psychologists and therapists the opportunity to educate themselves more because they will not be replaced because there will always be something that ai can't do humans are on the one hand stupid and easy and on the other hand very complex uh, and it can be extremely hard especially everything within emotions when you and that's where i would not recommend poker is any kind of personality disorder that is any of them is really really complex to treat and i have uh, heard from colleagues like certain kind of personality disorders like and uh, we don't even put that diagnosis uh, because it's not treatable anyway it's like uh, what uh, yes they are treatable but it takes forever and um of it it's a long process it's 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 a lot of resources that you you need and obviously also the person like it can be extremely hard process for somebody depending on what personality disorder like to get to that post process of just reflection like it it can be extremely tough draining it takes a lot of time a lot of resource we are all we are all human we are all flawed we all make mistakes but uh there's only very few uh bad apples like uh, most of most of us most of every human being tries to do their best and is usually not out to harm anyone on intent but of course sometimes you still harm somebody unintentionally and then we need to deal with those emotions the one person who is harming someone and the one who is being harmed and um, it can be tough to navigate all of those so we need more help here <laughs>